The 36th edition of Budweiser Guns and Hoses isn't far away. Training for the boxers has begun, which all leads to the big event the night before Thanksgiving at the Enterprise Center in St. Louis. Today on this episode of the Guns and Hoses podcast, we talk about the process of getting the athletes ready for competition. Now, my conversation with the longtime executive director of Budweiser Guns and Hoses, Mr. Steve Holly. So the basis of Guns and Hoses is the competition in the ring. That's what brings a lot of people to the Enterprise Center, gets people to be involved in a very, very special way. And today, we want to peel back the layers and find out about the competitors. Tell us a little bit about the selection process to find how people get into the ring and what that ultimately looks like and how they get started to try to do something like that at the Enterprise Center. Well, we do have some requirements in order to participate. Number one, you have to be 19 years of age or older. We are open to males and females, and you need to be involved as a first responder of some sort. Law enforcement, firefighter, EMS, security guard, you have to have a connection to being a first responder. And then really no experience level is needed. We take it from there. We encourage as many people to come out as we can. Right now, it looks like in 2023, we're going to have about 100 participants practice, try out, and hopefully get on the big show November 22nd down at the Enterprise Center. What does it look like after that, after you have the group of people that are going to train in hopes to be able to be on the big show? It's a very simple process. We asked all of the athletes, our wannabe athletes, to go out and register at our website, stlgunsandhoses.com. And they get all of the information about the competition there. They get all of the information about the training, rules, requirements. And then we also have a listing of nine training facilities. We're a little unique. We actually mandate that all of our athletes train at certified facilities that we have. We have coaches at each one of these facilities that have been with us for many, many years. Now, some of the athletes have been training at other gyms and have other coaches. We don't have a problem with that. They can use their own coach, but they do have to come to our gym. People might say, well, why do you do that? We do that because our number one concern is safety. If I have people training out there that we don't know anything about them, and we would ultimately give them a match. They could be mismatched. We could be setting them up for an injury. And that just defeats the whole purpose of, of why we do this. And you mentioned you have certified facilities where you require the athletes to go to train to ensure safety. When can they start doing that? Or when do you recommend that they start getting ready uh, for the fights? Well, the window's open now. A lot of them start all year round. Some of them go all year round, but that doesn't put somebody that wants to start now at a disadvantage because when we match these athletes, male and female, we match them according to age, ability, and weight. So 
we have a ranking system where we watch the boxers compete in a controlled environment and we rank them. And then ultimately we will match them according to their ranking. So the, the, the ranking system is very simple. It's one, two, three. One means you're the best. Two means you're in the middle and three means you are not the best. So we wouldn't have a three fight a one. We wouldn't have a two fight a one. We typically try and stay with the same levels to compete against the same levels. Again, that's for safety purposes. And although we are a professional boxing event, we're a little different because it's not kill the man with the ball. So we, we watch the athletes very, very closely. We know their strengths. We know their weaknesses. We know who can match up. That doesn't mean we know who's going to win, but we know that, okay, on paper, this looks to be a fair fight, so we'll make that fight. Now, you heard me say earlier that we have about 100 participants. Typically, what we do is we will rate all of the boxers, and then we will, if we have a match, if we have an opponent, we will then go ahead and lay all of those bouts out. We may end up with 35 or 40 bouts because unfortunately there are some folks that can't be matched because of age, weight, and ability. So we will then just lay all the bouts out and then we have a meeting. I have a meeting with all the coaches and we will sit there and rank the fights in order of which we think are going to be the best bouts for people to see. And in this case, once we get to 13, those are the fights that will be on the show. We pick three what we call swing bouts. Those are extra bouts that we create in the event of an injury, uh, maybe a bout gets stopped early, maybe we have some extra time. So those aren't guaranteed to be on the show, but they are ready, waiting, and available. So it's a very detailed process. It's a simple process. But it's very detailed, and we've been doing it for 36 years. So it, it it works for us because everybody knows what they're doing. And if they don't know, I think it's so important that the coaches are there for those first-time boxers that they can help lead them to put them in a position uh, to get into the ring because that's probably a really cool process. Somebody who's never done it before wants to support a family member, a co-worker, or somebody that they know very well for this cause. They've never been in the ring. The coaches uh, seem like they're a huge instrumental part of this process as well. That's really cool. Well, the coaches are the backbone because they spend all the time with the athletes. They build their skill level. They build their confidence. And they are right by their side through the whole process. So there's a there's a very special bond between the coaches and the athletes. And it, it's kind of cool because all of the coaches have been with us for many, many years. A majority of them have competed in Guns and Hoses. Uh, almost all of them are associated with first responders of some way, shape, or form. So they know. They know why people want to be here. And we don't have an issue if somebody says, hey, this is on my bucket list. I'd like to do this. Great. Come out and participate. You know, since the advent of TV two years ago, 
we've seen our participation levels rise because quite honestly, I'm sure there's a lot of guys that would like to see themselves on TV, friends, family. Hey, I was on TV boxing for guns and hoses. All good. We encourage that because it just draws more people to the event. It creates what we're looking for in the community. We're looking for two things in the community. We want to create awareness about our event and what we do and how we support the survivors. And then we want engagement. We want people to watch on TV. We want people to come. We want people to enjoy themselves and say, hey, Guns and Hoses is a great event. I know where I'm going to be every night before Thanksgiving. I will be at the Enterprise Center cheering with 15,000 people getting the guys and gals ready to compete in the ring. That's awesome. And we've walked through the process of competition from you're interested, you register, you train, you get ranked by the coaches and yourself to ensure not only safety, but great competition measures after the fight. You, you've That's something that's always amazed me. Describe after you go, usually what, three rounds, one minute each round, whatever it may be. After the fight, um, the emotions that they have, that they did it, they completed the training, the process, and ultimately the competition um, to be able to put themselves in that position where they're getting recognized by all the people there, all the people watching, and ultimately the respect shown between people putting the gloves on. Well, the first thing you see when a bout is over is the athletes will hug each other because it's like, hey, we both made it. There are no winners and losers. Now, we do award the winner of the bout a championship ring, and they are like Super Bowl rings, so everybody wants a ring. But we don't say that the other person is a loser. We just make sure that everybody gets recognized the way that they're supposed to. So you're going to see a lot of respect, and and that's pretty typical in boxing. But Mm – For our event, there's a camaraderie because these guys and gals are all first responders. They all serve the community, and they're all doing this for one reason, ultimately to support the families of the survivors. That's the end game. Now, a lot of them are doing it because maybe they knew an officer that got killed in the line. Maybe they were friends with the family. Maybe, like I said, it's on their bucket list. Uh, Maybe they just want to try it. But ultimately, the end game is to support the survivors. So in the ring, you're going to see a lot of respect. And then after they get out of the ring and get checked by the doctor, uh, they'll go back and, and, and cut loose. They'll get out of their uniforms. And then we have a big party for everybody after the event for all the volunteers and all the athletes and the coaches. And It doesn't matter if they won or lost. They're back there hooting, hollering, talking about what a great time they had. And the first thing out of everybody's mouth, this was cool. I'm going to do it again next year. Well, sometimes reality sets in. They say, you know, hey, I trained one year. I'm not so sure I want to do it another year. And then also life comes into play with kids, jobs, secondary. So we do have a lot of repeat. Uh, athletes, but we also try and encourage as many folks to come out because we want new people. We want, we want to, we also try 
and make our matches so they spread throughout the region. You know, I don't pick all St. Louis City police officers. We'll pick guys from the east side, all of the counties surrounding, and we can go as far down as Cape Girardeau, down in the boot heel, and, and up north. So we want to give everybody a fair shake. That's awesome. Appreciate your time today, Steve, talking about not only the training process, the selection process, but the process of how you see what people do when they compete. And you made a great point. Final thing to tie a bow on this is they are all first responders. So boxing isn't their priority in life. So they're doing this, taking their time um, outside of their job to be able to get in ready uh, to get in the ring. And like you said, support the backstoppers who help those families who have lost somebody in the line of duty. So Steve, thank you so much for taking your time and we're getting closer every single day to the event. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, I look forward to seeing everybody there. We know you're going to be there at ringside. So we're going to have a great time, and hopefully we can raise another million dollars for the backstoppers. That was Steve Holly, the executive director of Guns and Hoses. The Big Show is Wednesday, November 22nd at the Enterprise Center in downtown St. Louis. To find out more, please visit stlgunsandhoses.com. And remember, the holidays don't begin until the first bell rings at Guns and Hoses. I'm Will Connerly. Thanks for listening.